Welcome to Earth Matters, environmental and social justice stories from Australia and the world, produced in the studios of 3CR on Wurundjeri land in Victoria and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. I'm Jem Rommeld. This week we're responding to the recent news that oil giant BP has decided to withdraw its plans to explore for oil in the Great Australian Bight. After several years, the surprise announcement has thrilled local and national campaigns, working to protect this pristine stretch of ocean. The bite is home to 36 species of dolphins and whales, and is an important breeding ground for southern right whales and the endangered Australian sea lion. Amidst the increasing chaos of global warming, public opposition has also focused on the detrimental effects of the extraction and burning of yet more fossil fuels. Let's hear from two members of the Clean Bite Alliance based in Sejuna, where the desert meets the sea. First, we'll hear from Brioni Carbines and then Anisu Common Hazeldine, a Kukupa Murning woman. Hi, yeah, my name's Brioni Carbines and I live in Sejuna on the um, far west coast of SA. Um, for the last few years, I've been working with local community members um, as part of a group called Clean Bite Alliance Australia and we've been part of a bigger campaign to stop BP from doing exploratory um, oil and gas drilling in the Great Australian Bight. So congratulations are in order because there's been huge news this week about uh, BP pulling out of their plans to drill for oil. Um, Yeah, what's your response to this announcement? Um, Relief. Um, and yeah, excitement that we've we've done this, and that um, we have many people, especially locally, um, just sort of say it, it's inevitable. They're going to do what they want out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's you know it's it's really great, and it's also really motivating to keep fighting for kind of better options for our region, and just kind of look at where we're heading in terms of energy resources, and um, you know, long term plans to get rid of these big oil and gas companies and fossil fuels in general. Mm. And what is it that they have pulled out of exactly? You know, what is what is it that they were proposing to do there? So they had um, four exploration um, licences or different sites. Because they had been knocked back um, several times from the um, national regulator and and being asked to produce more and more information to prove that they could do what they proposed safely. Um, they had reduced that down to two, um, two sites. So, but, so they were not pulling any um, oil or gas out of the um, ground at this stage, but they were exploring. So they were going to drill right through um, about um, three k's of ocean and then another two k's into the sea floor wow. and pull out samples. Um, so, of course, we were saying this is really deep, rough ocean. Um, it's really biologically significant. Um, and mm. you've never done it, you know, so remotely in such rough seas, so far off the coast. Um, we don't believe you can do it safely. And so now they're saying, so they've kind of relinquished their licences, um, which has, um, you know, made sort of SA politicians and federal politicians kind of pretty grumpy because they were expecting some royalties from this. Mm. Um, but we're saying it's win for the community because, the you know, if, if an oil spill had happened, then there would have been a lot more um, economic consequences and environmental damage that would be pretty much permanent in, you know, certain mm. sites. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so they've relinquished their thing, um, 
their sites basically and have said they will. There's they they do have a partnership with Staddle and there is still kind of a question mark off if that will um, if conversations between the two companies will result in in those licenses being handed over. Also understood that uh, the the phase that BP was intending to begin soon um, is the most dangerous phase uh, with regard to accidents happening, um, and that the Gulf of Mexico disaster um, happened in the exploratory phase. Um, is is that correct? Is that what they were planning to begin soon? That's exactly right. And so there's actually a big blockbuster film out now um, which outlines that that disaster Mm. um, and it is in this phase. So a lot of people sort of, you know, shrug it off as just exploration, but this is when they're, you know, they're drilling in. They don't know what they're drilling into basically and Mm. what kind of pressure that puts the equipment under. Um, And obviously, yeah, you're talking big equipment, but then you're also talking big unknowns when you're drilling into the deep, deep sea floor. Mm. So. Yeah, and I read that they had applied for environmental approval and it had been knocked back already twice. Um, yes, it, they, it had. And then we were waiting on um, the third announcement and it was delayed several times. Um, and it's, yeah, a lot of that all happens behind closed doors and that's you know, another aspect of the campaign that we were kind of calling for more transparency and disclosure of information. Mm. Um, but all we know is that the um, not FEMA, the offshore oil and gas regulatory body, wanted more information. So mm. BP still hadn't satisfied them after two attempts, and it looked like the third attempt, you know, wasn't much better. So. Mm. Mm. What do you think will happen with the other companies? Do you think they're likely to just keep pushing ahead as planned or do you think that BP pulling out will send a, a clear message to the others that it might be too too risky to bother? I think there's a strong possibility that it will have a bit of a domino effect and, and lots of others will pull out. I mean, there is kind of tax benefits for being the, the first company. Um, mm. So, you know, if, if other companies want to sort of get in there and take that risk it's still a very real possibility um but this is a huge huge win and i guess it it, either way it buys us a lot more time to try and get some better protection for the for the bite and these coastal areas um Mm. so yeah that's part of the sort of bigger campaign that sort of will keep rolling on is to get some more regulatory protection um in commonwealth waters so we'll be looking at what obviously um, the federal government can do, but also putting pressure on the South Australian government to mm. protect the region. Mm. And what are the what are the politics of it? Is is there bipartisan um, support for drilling in the bite, or is are there some cracks like with Labor? Are they um, you know do they, have they questioned the project, or is it basically the the state and federal government both? being fully behind. Yeah, there, there's pretty widespread support or people sitting on the fence. Um, the Greens and Xenophon's team were quite vocally against it and there was 
um, lots of local councils starting to speak out, um, mm. but n- not Sejuna. They were very vocal in their support for it. So, mm. um, but it, it was definitely building momentum anyway in terms of broader politics and how it would play out. Um, and you know, I think it's good to keep the momentum going in terms of what discussions we can have about what industries we're allowing in our you know really significant. Um, marine areas, and then just more broadly, what you know, what what do we want to do, and what are we just inviting big companies who really that that not making decisions about what we um, about what local communities want or what's in the best interest for our ecosystems. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to keep those discussions going on a local level in Sejuna and and kind of feed into bigger bigger discussions regionally and across Australia as well. You're listening to Brioni Carbines of the Clean Bite Alliance speaking about BP's recent decision to cease its proposal to drill for oil in the Great Australian Bite. Hold him to the sunshine at midday. Hold him to the moonshine at night. Hold him to the stars shine in the morning. See if he burns. Hold me to the sunshine at midday. What is your vision for for Sejuna and the areas in which you live and work, um, and for the for the bite in general? What's yeah? What's what can you see happening instead? Um, well, I think we can build on like our tourism and bringing people, you know, to the area and sort of kind of bearing witness to what amazing um, kind of culturally rich and you know, beautiful place it is. Um, and But then also kind of in terms of if you're looking at energy, we have lots of sun, we have lots of wind, we have wave power. So there's a lot to do in terms of um, how our grid works and our recent power outage is kind of a testament to that. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think if you're looking at kind of ground up and smaller scale, um, we have a lot to play. We could be a really, you know, we could take the lead in that. So it's a bit of a change of mindset of um, of our local, you know, people in positions of power in local government and also our members of parliament in SA and federal. But I think this is a good wake-up call for the community that, um, you know, big business promises a whole lot and often doesn't deliver. So. Mm. Mm, fantastic. And how can our listeners get involved or, or support the Clean Bite Alliance in, um, you know, kicking over the rest of those dominoes? Um, I think just tune in to our Facebook page and um, there's a few petitions fighting around kind of, um, you know, keeping pressure on politicians and local politicians by kind of welcoming the move for BP to go um, and, you know, raising questions about what, what else we can do in the region. Um, and, you know, also keep on an eye on BP's not going away. They're, um, mm. They are potentially looking at kind of what other exploration they could do in SA, but they've also got interest in WA and a whole bunch of areas that they're sort of looking at. So we need to keep on their back and just make them accountable to wherever they, um, whatever projects they're kind of looking at expanding. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, that's the the bigger picture so time to celebrate and to keep working as always (laughs) thank you very much Brioni Carbines um, no worries for speaking to Earth Matters thank you all who supported the campaign so far
This is Earth Matters, produced at 3CR Radio in Fitzroy, Victoria and broadcast all across these stolen lands we call Australia on the Community Radio Network. That was Brioni Carbines of the Clean Bite Alliance. Let's now hear from Auntie Sue Coleman-Hasseldine, Cookatham Murning woman from Sejuna, who has been speaking up against oil drilling in the Bite since it was first proposed. We'll also hear about the regular visits she organises to go out on her country, cleaning rock holes and keeping the land healthy. Sue Coleman has a the Murning woman from Sejuna, the far west coast of Australia. All right, thanks for coming on the show today. Can you please tell me your response to the news this week that uh, BP has decided to cease its plans to drill for oil in the Great Australian Bight? I was pretty happy about that. That's like, it's like one down and about another four or five to go because there's still more people out in the bite wanting to drill for oil and probably gas. Mm. So I was pretty, pretty happy that we got a big one out of the way. That's BP. Mm. But we'll just take the others on. We'll take them on the same way. Mm. You know, just let them know we don't want them there. We don't want them to ruin our beautiful coastline. Mm. with any any mishaps. And it's not like when, no, it's not like if, it's more like when Mm. something disastrous will happen Mm. and the whole way of life will be gone. Mm. We depend on the ocean for a lot of our cultural food and, you know, know, it's, it's part of us. They, they can't get rid of that. And, and from what I understand, it was a pretty risky operation that they were proposing. Um, are the others, are their plans fairly similar to what BP was intending to do? I don't know about the others because I have not actually spoken to any of them. Mm. Um, it was only the BP people that were talking to anybody. Okay. I've not not heard of any meetings from Chevron or... Santos. Right. But if they do decide to come up front, well, then, of course, we'll go to those meetings and just see what they think they're going to do. Yeah, what were the BP meetings like? Uh, you know, there was plenty of arrogance there, that like they're just going to do it anyway. But, um, you know, it's just such great news that they've pulled back. They've turned their big, great white ocean mm. oil rig back to Korea. You mm. know, that was a major thing for us. Do you think it had something to do with the people power and the, the campaigns that had sprung up around the bite to, to oppose them? I think the campaign had a fair bit to do with it, but also I think our weather just um, let them know what they can expect. Because mm, there were those storms just a couple of weeks ago across South Australia. Well, you know, it's, only, it's common sense if they're smashing into the coast. What are they doing out there in wide open waters? So what do you think is next for that campaign now? BP's pulled out. Um, do you think that will, you know, send a message to the other companies that it's a bad investment? You know, if one of the biggest oil companies says that they're not going to go ahead, um, do you think it's going to be like dominoes or a bit more of a longer fight on our hands? I'm hoping it's going to be like dominoes because BP was the big one. Mm. And with BP down, I'm hoping the effect will be the rest will go down too. And, you know, like somehow try and get protection that is never going to see us have to fight for this again in the future. Yeah, because you, I mean, you use that ocean and that land around there. Um, Can you tell us a bit about the work you've done protecting that country? 
Yeah, um, we try and protect the land and the animals and ourselves from all the dangerous things that governments and big companies want to do to us. Mm. You know, it's it's just man's greed or human greed that's mm. pushing all these things. The rape of the land, the destruction of the oceans, the pollution of the air, you know, and our water supplies. It's, mm. it's basically corporate greed and government stupidity, really, that's allowing all of these things to happen rather than looking at a future where our children can live a clean life. Hold into the sunshine at midday. Hold into the moonshine at night. Hold into the starshine in the morning. See if he burns. Hold me to the sunshine at midday. Hold me to the moonshine at night. Hold me to the starshine in the morning. See that I burn just take that waste dump that they're proposing for South Australia. You know, what kind of a life is it to live under a cloud of fear in case a drum rusts and radiation will seep out? And, you know, it's they've already poisoned us once with Maralinga mm. and we've got to fight, and fight to stop them from doing it again. And it can't... Um, you know, we don't want them to just stop in South Australia and head off to another state or back to Northern Territory. Mm. We want them to stop it, full stop. Yeah, because the state government um, has been going around to communities throughout South Australia, putting forward this idea of the high-level international waste dump. Have they been to Sejuna? Yeah, I went to one of their um, their meetings and, like, I wasn't convinced at all that, you know, that they can handle anything safely. Mm. You know, like, how can you trust them? You can't. They've never done us any favours in the past, mm. and I can't see them doing us any favours in the future. Yeah, it's a big ask for people who've already had their country poisoned with the bomb tests to um, accept a high-level radioactive waste dump and to trust the government. The thing is, the government only makes out to ask. They may, mostly they'll just go ahead and do things, Mm. So we've just got to be on our toes and keep an eye on them mm. and stop them from poisoning everything and everybody. So when are they going to learn? They can't eat, drink or breathe money. Well, if they listen to you, maybe they'll learn it sooner than later. That's the problem. Mm. They don't mm. talk to us little people. They send someone else out that's just that's got their own agenda they, they maybe they'll listen, but they don't, hear, or they hear, they don't listen, whatever. Mm. They just don't get it that mm. we are saying no. We don't want all these poisonous things happening on our country. This is Anisu Common Hasseldine speaking about the challenges of keeping her country clean. Stay tuned if you want to find out how to get a dead camel out of a rock hole. Yeah, and you've got other plans for your country. You've got, um, you know, ideas and, and vision for what you want to see happening there. And, and you take people out there, you know, every year or is it twice a year to go and clean, clean it up? And you've got a Premier's Award for doing that kind of work. Can you, can you tell us about, about that? 
Yeah, um, twice a year I take a group of people out and around quite a few of our special places, rock holes, and if we find any dead animals or mostly camels, then we clean those water holes out mm. so that they can get filled up with nice clean water again for the animals. That's twice a year we do that, but the family's always going out anyway. You know, just like someone, one of us will say, let's go for the weekend and then we're out bush. Mm. Yeah, we don't always, we don't just wait for the two yearly mm. or twice yearly thing to happen. Mm. We go out all the time, anytime. And it's important to keep that country clean, look after it, because that's where we teach our kids respect, survival. Mm. Um, you know, that places like our pharmacy, bush meds out there, our schools where the kids learn, mm. our church because our spirituality is out there, um, you know, our grocery shop, our butcher shop, it's all out there mm. on, on country, in the ocean. Mm. And we just can't stand back and, and let the future generations not have any of what we've got today. They must be able to carry on living a nice, clean lifestyle mm. with respect for each other. Yeah, it's building community is at the same time as protecting the environment. It's a very special trip that you organise. Um, and just because I'm curious, can you tell me what's involved in cleaning a camel out of a rock hole? Very dirty work. <laughs> <laughs> Because um, once we get the camel carcass out, the bulk of the carcass, then we empty all the water out and huh. we get down into the rock holes. How do you get the water out? Oh, we flash now. We've got a pump. We mm. used to do it with buckets and rope. Mm. Now we pump it out as much as we can and then still someone will get down there and we'll still all the way up more water with the buckets mm. and bones. That's, you know, obviously down there all the time. Mm. Animal bones. We take the whole lot out. And we leave the rock hole dry and clean. Mm. So it's pretty dirty work. It must be stinky. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> but it's also really rewarding. People that have come out with me, you know, they, they always say afterwards, they thank me for letting them clean the camel out. And I'm thanking them for doing the job. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good deal. Everyone wins. That was Sue Coleman Hasseldine, Kugatha Murning Woman from Sejuna, speaking about the ongoing battle to keep oil companies out of the Great Australian Bight, keeping radioactive waste dumps out of South Australia, and also keeping country clean on the regular rock holes trips that she hosts. Listen up now for a quick clip from a video showcasing the battle of the Wangan and Jagalingu people to stop coal company Adani from digging the proposed Carmichael coal mine into their country in Queensland's Galilee Basin. The Queensland government recently declared the mine to be critical infrastructure in an effort to fast-track the approvals process. Traditional owners are among many who are fighting this coal project. Listen in to this video from the Coal Before Country website. We come from the dreaming. We come from the beginning of time, from the water spirit which gave us life, the creator which gave us everything. We are only here because of that. And we are here surviving on this planet, on this continent now, because we are Aboriginal people connected to that land. Once that land's gone, once it's destroyed, there's nothing. We'll cease to exist. 18 months ago, our people came together and said no to mining giant Adani. They want to dig up the Carmichael. 
the biggest coal mine in Australian history, on our country. We told them we will not let them take away our rights and destroy our land and to take their shut up money and go home. They didn't listen. So in March 2015, we launched our public campaign to defend our traditional homelands from Adani's destruction. Our people have organised, we've rallied, we've joined together to let the world know about the fight that we have here in Australia and in Queensland and the tremendous task that it is to take on a mining company when we know that the legislation in this country is stacked against us. We took our fight to the community, to the media, to the parliament. We alerted the UN to the trampling of our rights. Over 100,000 people stood with us. Our supporters helped us to travel to the boardrooms of the world's biggest banks so we could get the message to them in person that we do not consent to this devastating mine and that it's bad investment and that they should not fund it. Many banks ruled out supporting Adani. We met with Standard Chartered. They came out and said publicly they will no longer be funding Adani or any part of the Carmichael. We also met with First Nations people who share our struggle. They now stand strong with us. We know the disastrous effects the release of this carbon from the Carmichael mine would have on a global scale. In the federal court, we exposed the Dani's lies about jobs and benefits and their disregard for us as people and for the things we hold sacred and dear. We showed how the native title tribunal was duped by these lies and ran roughshod over our rights. But Adani are relentless bullies and are supported by the Queensland and federal governments. Today, they are still pushing to go ahead and destroy our homelands with their coal mine. They will stop our dreaming. Where will the song go? What will the song be? There'll be nothing left. We're showing up, we're stepping up, we're taking on the fight. The last 18 months has been the biggest fight of our lives. We are still here, and no still means no. Now is the time for us to stand stronger than ever, to step up to the fight. We're protecting Wangan and Jagalingo country from irreversible destruction, from complete devastation. We will continue to fight against the Adani Carmichael mine. Let's stay strong so that Adani and our governments finally understand when we say no, we mean no. Thanks go to the Wangan and Jagalingu Family Council for that audio. Earlier in this show, we heard from Auntie Sue Common Hasseldine and Brioni Carbines from the Clean Bite Alliance. The Alliance is thrilled at BP's recent decision to cease plans to drill for oil in the Great Australian Bight and determined to stop any other companies getting a foothold in that precious ocean. You can stay in touch with their work by checking out the Clean Bite Alliance Facebook page. This has been Earth Matters, produced at 3CR Radio on Wurundjeri land in so-called Melbourne and broadcast all across this continent on the Community Radio Network. We'd like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their financial support and the good people at the Community Radio Network for getting this program out to you, our listeners. I'm Jem Rommeld, and you can get in touch with the Earth Matters team by emailing earthmatters3cr at gmail.com, calling up 3CR on 03 9419 8377 or you can find our page on Facebook. The music you've heard on this show is the song Sunburn from Catgut and we'll go out now with Feet Ablaze by Eddie. Feet 
Yeah.